It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Well, welcome back to Beyond the Building. We are excited because we did this last year, and we, you and I just love studying the Word um, using the Reads Bible Study Tool, and we're using it again uh, to take a look at four very, very familiar passages in the Passion story, because this is the month of Easter. And isn't it interesting how every time you open up the word and you really listen to the Holy Spirit speak to you about um, a very familiar passage, he has new things for you, right? You can never exhaust understanding a particular scripture. And I think that's one of the dangers when you look at the Christmas story and the Easter story that you can go, oh, I know that story. And half of your brain, like your your heart just kind of tunes it out because you already know how it ends up. But you and I have learned from a very wonderful teacher who happens to be sitting right here, my dad, Kirk Khan, that um, using a tool called the reads in order to be able to get something fresh from the word of God. So today, if you guys are listening, if you want to open up your own Bible, take it, take a look at Mark 14. 32 to 42. That'll be where we're sitting today. Yeah, Debbie, I am really excited to be here today and to be in this Reads journey through the story of Easter. And we do have um, our very special constant guest because Mr. Khan, Deb's dad, Dad Khan, as I like to call him, is here with us today. And he is the one really who has shared uh, this Reads journey with so many people. God gave it to him as a great tool to use for understanding the scriptures for personal study and obviously for group discussion like we're doing today. If you aren't familiar with the Reads uh, tool, you're welcome to go back to podcast 92 under Beyond the Building, and we give a pretty uh, in-depth understanding of what it means to go through the Reads, read, uh, examine, application, dialogue, and sing in the spirit. Now, I don't sound like myself today, and, and I have been sick over the weekend, but I am on the upside, um, but I haven't gotten my voice back yet. And Deb, you know that one of my favorite taglines, right, is a scripture. We love to have a scripture tagline, but one of my favorite taglines is just saying, you know, we go from glory to glory. I feel like I say that all the time. I feel like this week my voice has gone from worst to worst. And so as we just uh, work through this reads, I'm grateful, right, that it's not my words. It's not my voice. It's what God has given us to speak. And so regardless of how we sound, I know that God is going to work uh, in a powerful way as we unpack this passage in, in Mark chapter 14. Absolutely. And we're going to pray that he just holds you together the whole day. Because That's right. As you listen to the entire month of podcast, you're like, oh my gosh, Laura was sick for four weeks. No, <laughs> it really was one afternoon. That's right. That's right. So dad, welcome. Thank you for being here and, and joining us again. Always nice to be here with you live wires. <laughs> 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 live wires. Well, here we go. We're going to jump in. Um, we're going to save Laura's voice. And in Mark 14, I'm going to read and dad is going to uh, wrap it up. Then they went to a place called Gethsemane and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter and James and John along with him and he get, began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death, he said to them. Stay here and keep watch. Going a little farther, he fell to the ground and prayed that if, if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. 
Yet not what I will, but you will. Then he came back to his three disciples and found them all asleep. He awakened Peter and said to him, Simon, are you asleep? Do you lack the strength to stay awake with me for even just an hour? Keep alert and pray that you will be spared from this time of testing. For your spirit is eager enough, but your humanity is feeble. Then he left them a second time and went to pray the same thing. Afterward, he came back to the disciples and found them sound asleep, for they couldn't keep their eyes open, and they didn't know what to say to him. After praying for the third time, he returned to his disciples and awoke them again, saying, Do you plan on sleeping and resting indefinitely? That's enough sleep. The end has come, and the hour has arrived for the Son of Man to be handed over to the authority of sinful men. Mm. So what we do, the way we're going to run this podcast is we take a look at the scripture. And again, you and we, we've actually looked at this passage several times before and when we've taught. And I don't know about you guys, but I've never taught before what I'm going to share today. It was mm. very specific for me today. So the first part is examine and, and really you invite the Holy Spirit highlight for me in this portion of scripture where you want me to have my attention focused. So I will tell you that I looked at a couple of different translations. And when I read the uh, Passion version, it said this in verse 32, then Jesus led his disciples to an orchard called the Olive Press. And although I read the rest of the passage, I never moved on beyond that. I was intrigued with the location this time. So as I did a little bit of homework, as Gethsemane actually means press or olive press, and the guy just started stirring my heart to learn more about um, how they make olive oil and th- what did that what did that um, structure look like in biblical times and and uh, some of the things that I learned was that this it was an olive garden where Jesus was it had the olive press right there that timing's really important when you're going to actually harvest the olives um, they say it's typically between like September and November so it's not like you can just go find olives anytime you want to there's a a timing was really important. And they said they, they would hit the branches of the tree and the olives that fell down were the ones that they would gather and they would gather them right away because they didn't want any bruising to take place on the olives. They also said that over half the weight of the olive was made up of oil. Mm. I thought, wow, that's, that's a lot. Now I use a lot of olive oil when I cook. So I have to tell you that I was appreciating even more uh, this study. Then they said that they removed the pits from inside of the olive. And then they, in this large basin, there was like a, a big rolling millstone that they have a, a, a hole in the middle and they put a stick through it. And they just begin to circulate this millstone around and around, squishing down these olives that were picked at the right time. Mm. And that's how the oil would come out. And they said the first oil that comes out of the, the, the initial oil is the best oil. It's the one they used for lamps and cosmetics and for the anointing oil they would consider holy. So I was really stuck there. Of all the places that Jesus would pray, um, well, he prayed regularly there, but pray on the night that he was about to be um, arrested. It was in an olive press where there's this visual of a crushing and of a breaking in order for something that's pure and valuable and holy to come out. There's this visual. I, I was really struck too 
um, when you read further in like verses 27 to 31, uh, or actually it was like a little bit beforehand, <clears throat> Peter is being pressed. If you remember in verse 29, he's declaring, I will never leave you. I will stand your grace, stand by my ground with you. And Jesus in verse 30 says, no, you're going to de deny me three times, disown me three times before the cock crows. And these are strong words that are coming um, that Peter is hearing right prior to this olive press location, the pressing of, of Peter. So that's a, you know, it's, it's a very hard, embarrassing, shameful moment that he's about to have when he denies Jesus, kind of squeezing out his pride, right? And his, his confidence. Then there's the pressing of Jesus, right? Now you think about his crying out to the father. If there's anything that can remove this cup, it's like, he knows what's coming. He's going to be crushed. He's going to be bruised. He's going to be broken, but he knows what's coming out of this is it may not be pleasant what you're going through, but the, the fruit of it, the olive oil per se in his life is going to be worth so much more. So I was drawn, I was just drawn to this whole crushing and pressing that precedes the, uh, the bringing forth of something that is useful in more than just one tool. You know, you can anoint, you can use a cosmetics, you can heat your lamps, Amen. It all came from one pressing. So that's kind of where I was focused. Dad, what were you focusing on? Verse 35 and 36 said, uh, he walked a short distance away and being overcome with grief, he threw himself face down on the ground. He prayed that if it were possible, he would not have to experience this hour of suffering. He prayed, Abba, my father, all things are possible for you. Please remove this cup of suffering. Yet what I want is not important for I only desire to fulfill your plan for me. It's interesting with the uh, the reeds that somehow something you've seen dozens of times before suddenly is highlighted by God. And the thing that was really highlighted for me was the cup of suffering. What is the cup of suffering? And I have to give credit to one of the guys in uh, one of our reeds Bible studies and he suggested that we look up cup in the in the in the Bible and see how it is most uh, explained and and what the context is for it. And most of it is the wrath of God. Hmm. The hmm. cup is 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 uh, is uh, indica indicative of the wrath of God. One commentary said this, but the deepest truth about the cup that Jesus drank is that it was a cup of judgment. This, not the physical agony, was the deepest agony of the cross. It was projected into the soul of Jesus in Gethsemane. And I began thinking, the cup, the wrath of God, was against all of the sins of everybody who ever lived in the past, in the present, and in the future. And when you look at the news and think of what a tiny portion of all the sins are that are represented in a horrific news report, just imagine Jesus, the, the one who was sinless, had to bear the cup of the world's total sum of sin. Mm. The worst possible things we could think of that he had to, uh, the one who was sinless had to carry that cup. and in a lifetime that had perfect fellowship with the father experienced because of that cup, 
the sense that, Father, why have you forsaken me? Now, we know God did not forsake him, but that's the way he felt, Jesus in his humanness, because he was carrying that cup of the wrath. And so I think uh, every time I read this passage again, I will think of what's in the cup. Mm -hmm. I will be thankful that it wasn't something that I had to drink. I could never drink anyway. Mm -hmm. He did it for us. Amen. Amen. I love that. I love both of what you just shared. And I love thinking about the fact that we have a part in that cup too, right? You know, it, it's, it's a personal thing there. So that's really very eye-opening um, for both. And then the, the lessons from the olive there, Deb, I love that too. So one of the things that I saw as I was reading this story, now I'm somebody who, when I read the scriptures, uh, numbers jump out at me. Debbie knows that she's <laughs> constantly like, Laura, come on another number. But I do love the number three. And Debbie just referenced that just right before this passage in Mark 14, Peter uh, says that he is going to like stick with Jesus three times. Right. And, and Jesus is like, yeah, that's, that's not going to happen. Right. Satan is after you. And so we see this one set of threes and then immediately right after that, they're on their way into the garden of Gethsemane. And, and I'm a visual person too. And I do love math. And I saw, as I was reading this passage, I saw three circles, almost like a, um, a dartboard with one on the center, another one, a little stretched out from there, another one at the, at the outer rim. And I felt like as you look through this story, there's like three levels of getting to where Jesus is, right? As the the disciples and Jesus are approaching Gethsemane, he gets to, let's say, the first outer ring. And he, and he says to the disciples, now, I want you to sit here while I pray, okay? And then, so the people on the outside right there to sit there while Jesus prays. And then he takes Peter, James, and John, he takes them to the next, let's say, level or the next circle in this, this visual that I have. And, and he says to Peter, James, and John, now I want you to stay here and keep watch, right? Now there's a big difference between sitting someplace while somebody else prays and keeping watch at the place where you're brought to. And so Jesus is actually taking these three, not because they're better than the others, just because it was the appointed time for them to go to a different place than the others were. They were to come closer and they were to sit, I'm sorry, they were to keep watch. They were to stay and keep watch. Now that word keep watch means like stay on guard and stay awake, stay vigilant, stay focused. And so he's bringing these, these three into a closer place where he's saying, I haven't just called you to sit around me. Now I've called you to stay watch. And as he, as we go into some of these words here, that word stay actually is that same word, Deb, that you love so much. It's that minnow, am I saying it right? For abide or remain. Now, this word for remain here, when he says stay and keep watch, the word is actually a word that we use often when we're looking at the the New Testament, where Jesus says, right, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me, like stay connected to me. And so, yes, I, I know you do, Debbie, I know it. And so you look at this story and listen to what Jesus is saying. He's like, some of you need to just sit and pray. But others I'm bringing into like this next new level. And I want you to keep watch, remain here, right? Stay where I've placed you. And I want you to stay vigilant and I want you to stay alert. And here's the story, Deb. You were just referencing that three times, right? That Peter is going to deny Jesus. I'm like, Peter is saying, oh, no, 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 no. If everybody falls away, I'm not going to. And I wonder if he would also say like, if everybody else falls asleep, no way. 
I'm going to stay awake. I'm going to do the thing that I've been called to do. But Jesus comes back, what, three different times. There's that number three again. And he comes and he's like, they've all fallen asleep again. But in verse 37, if you're following along with your Bible, verse 37, he returns to his disciples. He finds them sleeping. And who does he reference? He references Peter. Are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Referencing right back to that place. Like I brought you closer, Peter. And can't you stay awake for one hour? And then I love this in verse 38, Jesus says to Peter, I want you to watch and I want you to pray so you will not fall into temptation. Now, Deanna and I just took a long drive not that long ago and it was in the middle of the night. And I remember that we were both having a hard time staying awake. And Dan kept saying to me, he was driving, he kept saying, talk to me, talk to me, talk to me. Let's stay in conversation, right? We eventually did get the Diet Coke and the cup of coffee and we were fine. But there's something about staying in conversation that keeps us awake. Prayer is a conversation with God. And I believe that Jesus was saying to Peter, right? This isn't just about me praying, Peter. You are to stay alert, stay on your guard. And the only way that you're going to stay alert and stay on your guard is to remain in a constant state of conversation with the Father. And really for for us, if we don't want to stay on the outskirts, we don't want to just sit while Jesus prays and we want to be brought into the place where we are to watch and stay guard, right? Jesus is saying to us, you got to remain And you got to stay in constant conversation with the father because guys, we all know this, right? This is not the time for the church to fall asleep. And so we have got to be staying engaged actively in conversation with the father in order to be the women and the men that God has called us to be in this moment. Now, when he comes back the second time, I just wrote this down as a side note, because this is, this is me. He comes back the second time and he's like, you guys are sleeping again. And it says they did not know what to say right? They did not know what to say. I got a lot of words, but there are moments when I am not walking close to the Lord, right? Where I don't know what to say. And I don't want to be that woman. I want to be that woman who is in that inner circle, right? Who knows what to say. And what I'm supposed to be saying is a constant conversation with my father in order to keep me grounded in the place that I need to be. Mm. Now, isn't that interesting? Just the note, same passage, three different key focuses. Yeah. Right. And, and what's kind of fun about these podcasts is we don't compare notes prior to sharing. So dad, you and I are sitting here just soaking in what Laura's sharing and it goes all these different directions. I just think that's really cool. That's what makes um, using the reads a powerful Bible study tool. Amen. When you're reading a familiar passage, there's no end to the depth of truth that's there. That's mm-hmm. right. That's right. Mm-hmm. It's never boring if you're looking to the spirit to speak to you. That's, that's right. right. So we've done examine. Now we, the idea with application is narrow it down into like a sentence. What is the key thing that you, that father, you want me to remember? So what I wrote, remember my focus was on the crushing, the pressing of the olives to produce the oil, the crushing and the pressing of Peter and of Jesus. So I wrote, I need to remember that the seasons of crushing or pressing in my own life are there to produce a pure heart a life that is surrendered to God, one that he cherishes and one that he will use in great measure. What did you get? I wrote when my flesh, the sinful world and the devil all say, don't obey the Lord, the love from the Lord and my love for the Lord is reason to obey. Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Mine's, I need to remember to press into prayer, constant communication with God in order to stay awake so that I won't fall into temptation. Mm. Yeah, so good. So then we, we look at dialogue as father, what do you want to speak to me about this? It's the application and you're taking it. Now you can write more, right? As you just invite him to speak in a little bit more detail. So this is what I'm just going to read right from my journal. Debbie, I want to remind you to not fear the hard times that I will allow to come your way. Just like there is important timing to the harvesting and the crushing of olives, a time where the greatest potential for gathering oil will take place. In your life, there will be seasons of wonderful growth, just like the plump olives, followed by sudden changes, uncomfortable moments, and then crushing experiences. Debbie, I'm still with you. I'm allowing the hard because I see the potential in you to produce something supernatural, but it will be in the pressing that I will bring it out. Anointing, faith, the miraculous. I see what I want to do in and through you. So when you experience sudden, sudden changes, like an olive that is falling into a new location and being coming pressed. Keep your eyes on me. I'm with you. Have hope, Debbie. I am working and I am producing something beautiful in your spirit. Amen. Amen. Mm. It's just a lot. It's yep. so personal. I, th- I have to tell you, I was writing this and I'm going, I don't think I really want to write this because mm. the focus is on the pressing. Mm-hmm. but he kept saying, you keep your eyes on me and you have hope, right? Mm-hmm. Keep your eyes there. Dad, what did you get for your dialogue? I uh, said, Lord, what do you, I, I'd like to say, I always write the question down. seems mechanical, but it, it helps to do that. Lord, what do you want to say to me personally from the scripture? Kurt, I want you to know that you have been spared from really knowing what the cup of Jesus held. Mm. For you, it would have been horror and terror unimaginable. Jesus sweat blood over the cup. You would have died of heart failure. If he had not taken the cup, you would have gone straight to the horrors of eternity in hell. As you meditate on what Jesus had to drink, be grateful that he, the undeserving one, drank what you, the deserving one, did Mm -hmm. not have to drink. Rejoice, Kurt, because he did drink the cup for you. You have been forgiven, born again, looking forward to eternity in the bliss and joys of heaven with me and others who did not have to drink the cup because he did. Amen. Mm. Amen. Amen. Mm. All right. I, I got Laura. I want you to know that increased prayer life will increase your alertness in these times. When the world chooses to sleep, you are called to stay awake. When you are tempted to close your eyes, engage in conversation with me. It's a season of great temptation and you are called to be vigilant. My warriors cannot give up their stand. How many times have you fallen asleep praying? I'm calling you to deeper conversation with me. Ain't that the truth, huh? Conversation that will keep you on the edge of your seat, a position that rarely lends itself to sleep. (laughs) Stay alert. Isn't that true? (laughs) Stay alert. Stay watch, stay in prayer. Amen. Mm. Amen. So then we we wrap it up where you ask the Lord, what would you like to show me 
And as dad, as you taught us, it's not time for trying to figure out the meaning of what he showed you, unless you followed up with a question, just God, what do you want to show me? And you write, I see, and just write what you see. So I asked Lord, what would you like to show me? I actually saw a flow chart, you know, where you have like different boxes with an arrow box. And I saw harvest with an arrow to another box that said, pressing slowly was in the words, another arrow. And then there was the word oil. And so then I did what you suggested before. It's okay to ask the Lord, what are you speaking to me about this flow chart? And he said, Debbie, um, life is a process. Each space, like each block is not your forever space. I'm always working in you. So whether there's times like seasons, right? Seasons of harvesting, seasons of pressing, seasons of the fruitfulness that comes out. Jesus did not live forever in Gethsemane. Right. It was a process. Amen. Amen. That's right. You know, the thought of the pressing that's coming is not something I want to go out and celebrate type of thought, but God just kept saying, it's part of a process. It's part of a flow chart and you don't rest there forever. I'm doing something in you all the time. And really until we get to heaven, right. We're going to be in that process until we reach that place where we don't have to change mm-hmm. once we're in heaven. So I did write a C with a little follow-up question because I felt like there was more to it. Pop, what did you come up with in your C? Well, sometimes the Holy Spirit surprises you. And I find in the C part of of reads, it's often a part of my own imagination and what the Holy Spirit is doing with it. So uh, I think you'll see what I mean. I am seeing, again, that scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark. When the villain, in trying to pick the cup that yielded eternal life, chose poorly and reaped the result of having to drink the cup of Mm, wrath, mm. his whole body melted down. And even then, that did not compare to the eternal torment in hell his soul and body would experience. Wow. Now, I'd like to add to that. I know that this is not a biblical account, (laughs) but it is what I saw and a powerful graphic representation of the significance of the cup. Mm. Amen. Amen. And you know That's what? right. Most of us have seen that mm-hmm. from the Holy yeah. Grail. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, that is a visual. Yeah. 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 It is a scary. Yeah. 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 Amen. Yeah. Well, from the very beginning, I saw the three circles, right? As soon as I read this passage, I drew at the very beginning um, the three circles. And so, but when, so of course, when I said, you know, Lord, what do you want to show me? I saw the three circles again, but for some reason, like they were all red, everything was red. And Jesus um, stood up and took me by the hand and took me. I was sitting on the outer circle. Um, he pulled me by the hand to stand up and he led me into the the second circle where I was to keep watch. And, and it was very clear to me, this is important, right? It was very clear to me that I wasn't being moved because of anything I had done or that I was better than the other people sitting on the circle. Like, It was very clear that the Lord was speaking to my heart. I'm taking you here because it's your turn to stand. It's your turn to keep watch. Mm. Right. And so um, he was saying like the things that you've been walking on, the places where you've been walking, it's been easy for you to go to sleep. You're going to go to sleep if you remain sitting. 
but I'm bringing you here to watch. And so it was this place of watching where he was bringing me. And I felt like he was putting on my heart, like I'm bringing you to this next circle because I want you to be closer to me. I don't want you sitting anymore. Um, and I know what's coming your way. And mm -hmm. so there needs to be a, a, that constant conversation is kind of what I was getting on it. So it was kind of like, it was my turn to move into that position of being, I'll call it a watchman. I mean, I didn't really think of it at that point. Um, because God knew, right. Just like the enemy was after Peter, right. The enemy's after all of us mm -hmm. and you're going to, you're going to be able to flee that temptation when you're constantly in, in communication with your father. So it, it was this move, but I really do think it's important, right. It doesn't matter who we are. We just, it really is important that we all recognize it's true for all of us, right? He wants us all to be closer. He wants us all to come to that place where we're watchful and vigilant and uh, in constant communication with the father. So this has been really, I was going to use the word fun because it's always fun to talk about God's word. That's, that's my favorite conversation topic, but this is a tough, this is like, this is like yeah, suffering and pressing, yeah. right. And being vigilant and falling asleep and some moments where we're not really living up to the thing that we're supposed to do. But I do love the fact that, that even in a story like this, God moves and he speaks to our hearts and he gives us this gift of engaging in conversation in community around his word. There's just nothing like it. You know, if you've been following along with us and you haven't had the opportunity to do this story uh, it, about Gethsemane in the reads, I mean, check it out, send it to a friend and say, hey, let's do this together. What's God speaking to your heart? This is what he's speaking to me. And just let's get the conversation started. Let's go out to lunch and talk about Jesus right? We don't need to talk about the weather or anything that's going on in sports. Let's talk about Jesus and what he's speaking to us from the word. Mm -hmm. So thanks for being with us, Dad Khan. We love having you here. To, oh, I'm so grateful. Thanks to all of our listeners for being here. We will see you again next week. We're going to continue our story uh, in the Easter story as we continue down the road and we will be continuing this reads. So we will see you soon. All right. Take care, everybody. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that He has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.